All right, Chuck. All right, We've Dan. only got five seconds of alignment while our podcast passes the sun. <laughs> I hate that you have these things. Pull it off. You have these things set up, and then I, I look like I've never watched the show in my life. Welcome back Chuck. to podcasting. Hell yeah, we were never good at this. <laughs> we were never good at this. Just like Gundam Wing released three episodes of an OVA, we took a three-year break. <laughs> right. Yeah. All planned. Is it? It's not three years. I know, I've actually been trying to do the math. I don't know when we stopped. I think it's two. We, we, could, we could look it up. Oh shit! Yeah, it's that power is at our fingertips. We released our last episode. Oh, only a year ago. Boom. We are so on top no of our way. shit. Did we for real? December first, twenty eighteen. So yeah, a little over a year. Yeah, yeah, not not bad. Wow, I really it really felt like we've not been doing this for three years. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it was, it's been since we started it or something. Oh, my God. So I wanted to do this right. I wanted to do an actual introduction. Oh, okay. Uh, so yeah. we, we, can, we can do it again. What do you want to do? I, I don't know. <laughs> what, are you, what do you want to do? Do you remember how to do this? No, I don't. I actually don't because we don't have like a, a regular thing going. So we can't just say, hey, everyone, welcome back. Uh, we could. We, just like, like it was yesterday. Yeah, why not? Yeah. I don't know how to do that, though. Because we weren't, I don't, We. it's been so long since we talked about this. Like, you can't say, welcome back, thanks for watching our last episode, where we talked about the last episode of Gundam Wing. Now here we are All back. Right. Uh, I got an idea. Talking about I got an idea. the, okay. I'm going to try something. Do it. All right, ready? I'm not good at improvisational things. Okay. Hey everybody, welcome back. <laughs> Was I supposed to do something? Yeah, you're supposed to say what you just said. It's what been if... a while since we, we talked about the last episode of Gundam Wing we just talked about. <laughs> I'm sorry. Wait, I'm doing, I'm doing it again. <laughs> Chuck, what's what's the name of this podcast? Um, it is Let's Talk About Zex. Baby. Baby, what thank do, you. What do we do on this podcast? We talk about Gundam Wing. Yeah, actually. It's been a while, but I almost here. I almost back. forgot. I was like, what is this show? <laughs> we don't talk about Endless Waltz. We nope, have historically. We <laughs> yeah, well, I, I don't know. We brought it up a fair amount of times. Oh, you're right. But it's you know but, it's just like a sideline. It's like little little breadcrumb trail towards yeah, now, we laying the seeds of this episode that was going to come out eventually. And Gundam now Seed, yes. <laughs> we're now 
in our uh, third year of doing this, and um, we're here. We're here now with uh, some Gundam Wing Endless Waltz, the uh, yeah. the post series. I was gonna say postscript. That's not. That's not it. Post. Po- yeah. Post. Epilogue. The epilogue. Yes. Yeah. Great. The epilogue. <laughs> the epilogue to, to the the <laughs> yeah I fucking did <laughs> to the acclaimed Gundam spinoff series Gundam Wing. And say it again, Gundam Wing. Yeah. So, Endless Watts was originally a three episode OVA. And what does if that I'm mean for mistaken. the uh, the people at oh, home? Maybe if they the don't, uninitiated yeah. Maybe if they don't the, know, in the Weeb Arts, uh-huh. OVA OVA is an original video animation. Oh, as opposed to like a film, like a movie. Uh-huh. So, uh, yeah, they were originally three episodes that I believe were slightly shorter actually than the movie version. I think the movie version adds a little bit of extra content, uh, but I'm not well versed enough in the uh original episodes to know exactly what's different but gundam wing endless waltz is probably what i would say more people remember about gundam wing than the actual show mostly because the redesigned gundams they are cool as shit really the biggest takeaway yeah (laughs) like they're cool as shit and honestly like it's really the only thing the movie's got going for it spoiler alert (laughs) Definitely the yeah the the wing zero doing the famous shoot down into the floor thing while it blows up, <laughs> uh, classic piece of uh, filmmaking animation history there. Yeah, <laughs> I think this is. I know uh, Hajime Katoki did the redesigns for the the mobile suits in this, and I know he had been working on Gundam stuff before. Yeah, like he he did some mechanical designs for. G Gundam, and then I guess I guess zero zero eighty three came out before this, so that was a lot of his his work. Is he someone with so, reference outside of Gundam, or is this, he's a Gundam guy? I mean, that's that's what I know him from. Okay. But the like ever ever since Endless Waltz came out, like he has been household name in the sense, you know, for like Gundam fans, like of he gets to do a lot of redesigns for other series even if it's not animated so like you'll see a lot of like gundam models that are like his redesign so like a verka of i don't know just like the original gundam even though it never like he never animated it or anything but it's just like hey what what would he have drawn it like and like i mean he's got a certain style and it's pretty cool probably one of the more famous if not the most famous like mechanical designer on gundam as far as like the uh definitely as far as like the west goes gotcha yeah cool but that's this was my first introduction to to gundam wing so i know i saw the the movie really before i watched any significant amount of the show which is like something i've said on this podcast before see i remember coming back to it was definitely not what i expected (laughs) i i think i'm remembering this right where uh basically I watched like Gundam Wing on and off while it was airing on Toonami back in the day. And, and then um, I think they just 
maybe the first time they showed endless waltz they they had gotten it and like a couple of my friends who were also watching gundam wing it was like kind of an event like it actually was like because it was like you know this saturday we have endless waltz be there be square kind of thing uh (laughs) so i and i knew a little bit about gundam wing just from watching the episodes occasionally and then like went into this and was like holy shit um I don't remember how I felt about it at the time, but I remember it being like an event that kids at school were like, you have to go, we have to watch this. Uh, and wow. would like ask about it afterwards. Yeah. Hmm. I feel I, like there I, were other shows. Like there's like maybe one other thing. They, they would like talk about like Dragon Ball Z a ton. Cause those yeah, were like the, timed basically. I think I told the story on the, on the podcast before, but the like, defining moment in me watching anime as a kid i remember leaving a friend's house because i had to make it home in time to watch goku fight frieza because <laughs> like for like a week our family like we i didn't have cartoon network growing up but like i guess for a week we had like an upgraded cable package that had it or something uh-huh. you know or like my dad argued with like time warner enough that they were like oh we'll give it to you for like a free month or something oh, wow. and so we had cartoon network and i was like i can finally watch this and like I ran home and I watched Goku fight Frieza, but it wasn't the actual fight. It was like one of the build-up episodes, so Fuck like you. barely anything happened. And I remember being like, I left hanging out with my friends for this, and then I like never watched Dragon Ball on TV again. <laughs> 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 Fucking yeah, Dragon Ball Z. Goddamn yeah. Um, you know what? It, it works out perfectly, by the way, that we haven't watched a show in a year because Endless Waltz takes place a year after the events of the end oh. of Gundam Wing. Yeah, exactly. Big brain play. We planned this. Yeah, we needed to come back real-time podcasting, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Reporting on the events of the day. I don't know. I don't even know how to like syn- synopsize the thing. Basically, we're in the... The world as Rulina has crafted it, uh, she has peace, peace crafted the the world. Everyone's on board with this. She seems to have like abdicated any sort of like real power. She's like a a minister or something. I forget her title. In she's the... she's the vice foreign minister. I vice foreign minister. Yeah. Yeah. And she's re- she's she's discarded the peacecraft name and has taken Darlin Dorlin name again. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, which is cool, and and there's a there's a president of the because I, I looked this up the Earth Sphere United Nations, <laughs> uh, and and everything's going pretty hunky dory. Like you know nothing. There are the protectors, which are, are owned by uh, Noin heads it up with the uh, preventers. Preventers, jeez. Yeah, you're right. Uh, but they do protect us. They do protect us. Uh, you know. Prevent and perfect protect and prevent <laughs> by just shooting people um uh her and uh uh oh no oh no who's the other one sally poe yeah you got it I i'm here for you got it and did you know that the other people have code names i did not lucretia nine is fire Sally Poe is water, and Lady Un is gold, which just out of the out of the fucking nowhere. They really wouldn't. They didn't do Earth. Yeah, right. Wait, why is it? Oh yeah, why is it gold? I don't remember them referring to themselves this way. 
Oh no, do we? That would have been that was like really important if they said that. <laughs> no, they 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 one hundred percent didn't. But the the craziest thing to me about the preventer group, I guess, existing, is it's a great way to give characters we care about a like continued relevance in the story, especially after the way things ended in Gundam wing, Hmm. but by setting it only a year apart and by having lady Un be like the coordinator of it all, like we've got at least one recognized war criminal running this like (laughs) peacekeeping (laughs) operation and like sure maybe she got off easy because it's like oh well there was like mind control and like crazy space magic stuff happening there with her so like she's the good un now like it's okay but like Sally Poe definitely like murdered a lot of people right like Lucretia Noin maybe we can get away with like oh she shot a lot of mobile dolls but like Sally Poe straight up was doing like one man big boss guerrilla warfare on like the rest of uh well this like, okay. faction okay so this this is this is definitely a right side of history kind of thing and <laughs> sally poe is a rebel was working against the the earth sphere alliance well before oz and all of them yeah, yeah uh, that's the original faction yeah before that so she was she was rebelling against like earth because they were doing some like fucked up shit in her pocket of the world. So like, I don't know if those people care are like involved in whatever this new organization is that Relina has basically helped set up and Trace, Trace and Relina have set up. Cause Trace, Trace had like a huge hand in all of this new stuff. Right. We can agree on that. I think that's like the idea. So then like setting up the current, the like United Nations, New Earth Sphere. I don't know. Because like he, I mean, he was like the, the president a, for a minute. Or whatever. The I guess before he had he had a hand in like crafting like the like setting the stage for this type of government to come into power. I don't think it was his ideal end state, but Cause they needed to like keep the whole thing was like keeping Relina out of it to some extent so that she wouldn't be like spoiled by war yes um and then and then un as far as war criminals go and i this is really like i think a right side of history thing because she followed trays and so trays was with oz but he got forced out by the assholes and the assholes ruined it (laughs) and then she was like i don't want to be with them and then went on the side with trays so trays is kind of like he ends up being like uh, a you know a cool dude by the end, and she was with him because she gets shot by all these people, right? Yeah. So I think she's just like okay because <laughs> because she didn't kill any of the people she's now friends with who now run the world. <laughs> yeah, I mean this. Yeah, this this whole thing was uh, just very pretty. Uh, cool new mm-hmm. mobile suits. Cool new. Uh, outfits for our characters. They get yeah. Um, notably, Zex and uh, Noin get cool space outfits with cool shoulder pads that are big bubbles, which is awesome. 
<laughs> and and yeah. <laughs> and my, the, my favorite running gag in throughout the whole movie is that every time we see Hero, he has progressively more clothing on. Like, you know, he starts out and he's the typical Hero Yui in shorts and a green shirt. And then one of the next times we see him, he's got pants in his green shirt. And then, like, the third time we see him in, like, you know, sort of the ramping up to the climax, he's got a jacket. Yeah. And, like, we we ever seen Hero in a jacket? I don't remember. It was a big moment. It was important to me. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and so, like, the big thing... For this, the only thing that happens is that the Barton, Dakin Barton, comes in with Marimea Kushranada, Trey's Kushranada's daughter. Whoa. Exactly. Hold up. Yeah. What? Daughter? Daughter. How old is Marimea Kushranada? You're going to make me click this link. All right. Marimea Kushranada <laughs> is seven. It's, it's let's talk about Zex, baby. I got to get you to do math one time an episode for the name and number. <laughs> uh, seven. All right. She's seven years old. Sure, this takes sure place is. a year after Endless Wall. Or uh, the re- Endless Wall takes place a year after the main show. That's, that's right. How old was Trey's in the main show? That is the thing. Oh, this doesn't have it. 20... I think he, when 24. we looked it up before, he was like 24. Yeah. So... So... Yeah. Yeah, so there's some <laughs> math there. Everyone can do it. Everyone knows how to do it, of course. And uh, you know, is is riding a uh, a little little bit of a fine line there, as far as uh, well. I guess we're not. I think getting we're it. just not supposed to think about it, right? I think we're not supposed to do that math. No, that math. I, you know what? Where are your sources? Like, who told you this? You know, you just <laughs> you just go around telling, talking, talking about trees, as if he was like, uh, you know, an infant when he had a baby. Um. <laughs> well, what if the baby he saved? <laughs> <laughs> that would have been so much better if the baby he saved in that one episode is Marimea. Shit, it would have been. But yeah. But no, Marimea is is an interesting character. We could talk a little bit more about her later, but I wanna I wanna make some comments on like how she connects to like the Gundam franchise as a whole. Mm-hmm. But. You were saying the Endless Waltz whole thing kicks off when oh. Dakin Barton shows up with Marimea Kushranada. Dakin Barton, another Dakin. interesting name. You're like, wait a second, I know a guy named Barton. Who's that? Yeah, it's but it's, do we? It's well, do you do you want to do? I've been I've been stealing a lot of thunder here. Oh, I was gonna say it's Tro Barton. Oh but yeah, you said it's somebody we know, but do we really know him? Do we really know who that person? Yeah, right, right. Is he even a circus clown? Apparently, according to Endless Waltz, he is not. Right. He. Uh... It seems like a lot of the boys' like plot lines in Endless Waltz, beyond showing up and doing like one cool thing with their Gundam, 
Endless Waltz wanted to present a lot of like backstory for the boys. Yes. But it also tried to like have its cake and eat it too and like pretend that these were things it had already told you, which kind of makes sense as like its MO when you think about how they redesigned the entire show and just said, hey, this is what it's always been, remember? And right. now it's like, hey, this was their backstory all the time, remember? Here are some because nice throwbacks learned, to things you know. Yeah, we, we get some, some scenes of duo, which I think we, was like information we had kind of gathered, but I don't think ever was ever told outright. We get a little more backstory and development for Hero, which is the craziest of them because his thing is alluded to in the intro of the show, but never touched on during any episodes as far as i remember no and then troa is completely retconned yeah yeah we just don't we never knew anything about troa right i guess that's true it's not really a retcon if they're just like making up information yeah pretending that this is what it was all along but they never told you what it had been previously yeah um Catra gets off pretty clean. They don't try to change him at all. Well, cause, yeah, but they also don't really give him anything to do. We mostly know a lot of his background. I mean, they said it so explicitly in the show. Yeah. So. And then Wufei, they just keep adding on more stuff because they're just trying so hard to get you to care about this character. Oh my god. Wufei's wasn't, like, Wufei's was from the show, right? That was, like, because he went to that that colony and met with that guy after he was in the, the, uh, the woods with Sally Poe. Right, and then that guy was like, "Oh, or was he the guy who was like helping him out this whole time?" And he had gone back to him, the the the, so, the sensei guy. Hmm. That's a good point because the way I read it or read it, the way I like grokked it during the movie was that it was supposed to have happened before the uh, the show took place, like before he joined Operation Meteor. Like I thought it was saying like. This is how he got his Gundam and his motivation for doing what he did. But you're right. It looked just like when he went back to that one colony and then, like, we learned more about him then. Yeah. But I don't remember enough about him. I kind of just, like, zone out every time he's on screen. (laughs) Yeah, I... Man, we said it before... And just say it again. They just they just have no idea what to do with this character and like give him these philosophical like thing, you know, like soliloquies, but I hate every single one of them. And they, they're not coherent with each other, so it's like Yeah. <laughs> um Yeah. Oh. Dakin Barton. Troa Barton. <laughs> they're related, right? No, they're not. Troa killed Troa because Troa was like, we're going to do Operation Meteor and kill the hell out of that Earth. And then Troa saw Troa get killed. So Troa was like, I'll do it instead. And the scientist was like, oh, cool, great. And then Troa was part. And then, and then, then, then you see Operation Meteor as it, it plays out within the, the, the show that we just watched. Yeah, it's it was really interesting to see Troa's like new backstory alongside like duos kind of thing because the change in their motivations for like taking their Gundams and like kind of the new information we learn about Operation Meteor 
kind of like changes the perspective of like the original show where the original show is about like five terrorists showing up on earth and like screwing with the current order. And really if they had never done that, it would have turned out okay. (laughs) But now the, like the kind of changed backstories or like new information we learn paints them in like more positive, less like gray light where it's like, Oh, well these boys were good little boys from the beginning who never wanted to blow up the earth or be bad guys. And they were actually trying to do Operation Meteor to change it and stop it. Like, it makes the it even paints the scientists in like a different light. Where originally it seemed like it was their plan to do it this way, and things just kind of went south. The more the boys like messed up their missions. Yeah. But now it seems like you know by inserting Deccan Barton and changing, like adding him into the mix, it looks like the scientists are just trying to fuck with him and change things and it kind of like i think lessens the impact of operation meteor and the original purpose of the show or plot of the show yeah right yeah and so like so what's interesting okay so dick and barton is trying to fulfill operation meteor as it was supposed to be and we learned that what it was supposed to be was uh just a a colony drop um yeah you're into earth and then the Gundam pilots, uh, who they were supposed to be, I, I assume are just like, you know, cool soldiers who were good at piloting Gundams. Uh, they would come in and kind of like wreak havoc and like clear it out after the colony drops. Um, and then the colonies would take over Earth. Um, and and in, in so what happens in through these little like vignettes, you find out that the basically the scientists sabotage operation meteor inserted these children into the gundams to just like <laughs> they just blast them into earth i i don't know for what purpose maybe just just to like ruin operation meteor maybe like put those gundams in the hands of earth uh they don't really tell you exactly what the plan was but it, it just gives you the reasons why like that explains that the the scientists were all trying to sabotage operation meteor as it was originally planned and and use the the Gundam pilots, uh, Troa, Duo, Hero, Catra, Wufei, um, as like alternatives to that. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but now Dakum is like, I'm gonna come back and do that again. This time with the the true successor uh, to to the Earth uh, Kingdom. I don't, I don't I don't know what you refer to it as. Uh, <laughs> Marimea, uh, Trace's daughter. Now that being all that being said, like I feel like Dakin Barton is the classic Gundam Wing mistake in that what we have presented to us winds up being kind of just like limp and you know it's it's a conflict that lasts three episodes, you know, an hour and a half movie that nothing really happens in and is like dealt with just as quickly as it shows up basically mm. um you know he's kind of like an impotent figure in the whole, the grand scheme of things but behind the scenes like and I, I guess on paper he's an idea that would actually be really cool and would work really well if executed properly because i really like the way they tried to trick the audience into thinking he's more important and more connected than 
it winds up being because it, it does come off a lot like one of those things like hey remember that oh yeah we didn't tell you but like it happened like it, mm-hmm. it's, it's very classic comic book retconny stuff like just filling in pretty easily filled gaps yeah with, they like, even have i forget who says it but it's like, oh ken's told me about you i think it was relina it was like ken's yeah. told me all about you or something and it's like did he that that, that never happened <laughs> like exactly and that's what i was that's where i was going with this is like i like that they tied him so much to cans and like i think i think there is i honestly can't remember because it's been so long but i feel like the barton foundation wasn't like a new idea or if it is completely new to the movie they did a great like they succeeded there in making me think like it, it makes just enough sense that i bought it right away and was like oh yeah like i could see this working so it like with all the mm. Gundam's factions and stuff, like inserting this one as like the secret power behind everything totally fits and works and could be really cool. It just winds up turning into nothing. But like I like I like the idea of Dakum and the um like way they try to fit him into the story and like his purpose in the story in the overall scheme. But yeah, he just winds up like not doing anything. Yeah, I, I feel like that's, well, partially, like, just a timing thing. They didn't, like, pace it very well for, for him to, like, be more important. But also, like, they want Marimea to be more important. Um, mm-hmm. And, like, she is interesting. You're like, oh, shit, like, fucking Trey's daughter. And, like, what's going on there? But I agree, like, Dakum is kind of, you know, like, the the subversive, like, shadow government guy. It's just like that that idiot uh cans couldn't fulfill my my dreams so i'll just have to do it myself kind of thing is uh could have been really cool he's very much an expansion pack boss yeah <laughs> like you you beat diablo 2 and you stop diablo and now all of a sudden in the expansion pack oh here's another demon oh you you beat diablo but like you know he was an idiot and yeah. here i am because i'm gonna finish his plan <laughs> <laughs> but it's an expansion so it's only like one mission exactly <laughs> yeah and, and then yeah marimea um cool character design she she doesn't have the trey's eyebrows which is like i feel like an oversight um most notable uh or like his slick back hair yeah you know, no no trey's isms uh my uh good my 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 favorite thing about Marimea's character design is when it was called uh, Maneva Zabi <laughs> from the main Gundam series, because oh okay, they, like just like everything else in Gundam Wing, you know, it's trying to connect something back to like, hey, remember this from original Gundam, and like the you know they they cram Char Aznable's whole arc into Zex and kind of makes him like a weird character by trying to do three series and a movie's worth of stuff in one series. Marimea is just like Maneva Zabi, like, Oh, this like sort of princess character that's connected to a villain that comes in and is like being puppeted into being the leader of a new faction. But by condensing all of that and trying to do it all in three episodes, totally doesn't work, which is funny because as a kid growing up, like when I remembered liking Endless Waltz a lot more, you know, back then, um, I really liked Marimea and I thought she was like a really fun, interesting villain. But now having grown up and like seen all of the rest of like 
core Gundam and stuff, the Universal Century series, and Mineva Zabi being actually one of my favorite characters. Like, mm. Marimea just comes off as just such, like, a pale imitation with, like, nothing happening there for me. Like, I, I Mineva Zabi is one of the most interesting characters in all of Gundam to me. Like, she, she starts out in Universal Century as, like, a background character, just like a a baby in 0079 and then in the next series she's marimea's age or like a little older or sorry a little younger and is in the same position like being the puppet leader of like a a new faction that's secretly trying to take over everything else and then there's even some more craziness in the third series and then she's like the main character next to the, the main gundam pilot of gundam unicorn like she's like you know, just as much of a protagonist in that show as Bonadier Lynx and is super cool. But it would have been cool to see like Mari May actually have a little more like agency and do a little more than just be like kind of like a snobby Sailor Moon villain. Not knocking Sailor Moon, right. just doing that just because she spends a lot of her time like looking at other characters, say like being like, oh, you're powerless. Oh, <laughs> right. Yeah, and she's like she's a seven year old kid, so she has no concept of uh, which which comes up later. She's no concept of like battle or war or like the price that you pay. Um, yeah, which is yeah, uh, yeah. Seen in the in the, the whole over. Yeah, um, yeah. It's a good it's a good moment, um, and also like is a, is a, a contrast to all of these characters who have spent you know all of his time in the main series of you know learning the costs of war uh and the price you pay and and what is the price and what is a worthwhile price for peace and uh etc cetera, etc cetera. <laughs> yeah um yeah, you, know, you know when you say it like that though actually you have a really good point because she is kind of the culmination of the whole show where we do i guess outside of catra we have a whole show where we talk about that a lot but we don't really show it with anybody. Catra, we do because the whole zero system arc and everything. And like, he's mm-hmm. the one that really reacts to losing people a lot. Yeah. But like Marimea, yeah. Like they, you kind of get the spark notes version of that with her and it, it works. <laughs> that, that part of her does work. Yeah. Cause she's been, uh, yeah, it, it is the most like, cause it just gives you something to grab onto for her, you know, otherwise she's just this like, like bratty little kid, which is like, fine, whatever. I don't hate her for it. You know, it's just like, this is very boring to watch, but like, that's the one moment you get like a, like a shift where, uh, you know, she's been brain washed. <laughs> it's like going to say brain fed, but I was like, that's not <laughs> brainwashed into believing that like, she's, you know, it, people will just bow before her. She's, you know, given to this, uh, this reign from her lineage of being Trace's daughter and, and she's got the Bartons behind her and everything's fine and she's just going to take over. It'll be great. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. In a, in, in, you know, in the classic, let's talk about Zach's fashion, talking about like, what if Gundam wing was a more modern written show? Hmm. Um, I think Mari Mayo would serve as like a great, like fuck you character to the fans where you have, Hey, here's a show about how much being a soldier and like a child in a war machine sucks. But then you have a character like Marimea show up who has been, you know, from a young age, I guess surrounded in this and thinking that like, Oh, everything is safe and cool. 
and I'm going to use my Gundams to take over the world because like war is cool and Gundams are cool and they should fight being confronted with that and realizing it sucks. It's just told a lot better in Gundam uh, war in the pocket than it was in endless waltz. So Mario may doesn't really like function in that role of like, Hey, Hey audience, here's the real cost of this that well, but she could have been. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, it's the whole thing with Gundam wing kind of like having this, this theme of like war and like cost of things, but doesn't, I don't think it handles it overall uh, with any sort of like, you know, not, not, not super well um, kind of limited, but uh, yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, after we get introduced to all these factions, not even all these factions, there's only one, like, two factions in this. It's, for Gundam Wing, it's the most straightforward uh, yeah, yeah. Like, conflict in the whole series. But we've got the Preventers, and they've got to stop the Dacum, or sorry, the Barton Foundation from taking over. But what's the big, what's the big problem, Chuck? Why, why, are, why are the Preventers having such a hard time doing this well you see so the, the you know they gotta they gotta get over there they'll just swing on and then they'll they'll call their the the gundam boys and they'll get their gundams and oh wait dan they don't have their gundams what exactly <laughs> they they've decided that uh you know it's only been it's been a year and, and no one's tried to kill anybody since then and if they have it's just been you know through courts i guess and they're like, well, we don't really need these war machines anymore. We've got, we've got some left over, and those are good enough to maintain this peace that exists. And so we'll just throw them into the sun on a fucking asteroid. <laughs> it is the most ridiculous thing in in Gundam Wing. I think it's it's really stupid. <laughs> And who, who whose bright idea was this? Uh, th- this is uh, this is Catra's. Yeah, Catra, Catra, yeah. the disarmament king. <laughs> <laughs> so how how long does Catra's bright idea last? Like all say? of an hour. <laughs> <laughs> we start the show with yeah them like signing up to shoot their Gundams into the sun and pretty much everybody agreed except for Wu Fei. He's kept his for some mysterious reason. Mysterious. And like you said, this, this plan does last for about an hour. So we spend a good amount of this movie without the main Gundams, which, which yeah, arguably like gives us like a pretty cool scene of when, when hero and duo need to assault the Barton foundation's like secret base on MO2. Uh, you get to see them pilot some Leos, which is pretty neat. Uh, they don't really explain how they got their hands on them when they take over the base, but like whatever, you know, we we've seen them take over Gundams before because nobody has keys or locks on anything, so yeah. you know, pretty safe to say we know how they got them. <laughs> it. Was probably simple. Um, but so we get some Gundam action, you know, with just like generic mobile suits. We get introduced to the new mobile suit for Gundam Wing Endless Waltz, the Serpent which is kind of like this chunky boy that's a mix of a lot of the suits we've seen. It's got like the weapons of the heavy arms. It's got like a similar design to some of the other uh, mobile suits. Like it looks like a beefy Leo mixed with a little bit of like the Taurus design. Um, They don't dwell a lot on like the mechanics of it or anything. Like we don't, uh, 
they don't spend a whole lot of time like introducing it like this is our new mobile suit right but we see we see a lot of it and like in the background it's got all different sorts of armaments like i'm pretty sure you see it have the like the heavy cannons that the mercurius and v8 had at a certain point which is pretty neat one of my favorite things in gundam is seeing like the evolution of the tech throughout like a series so you know you start with a zaku in, in gundam and by the you know, the next series like zakus are old models but like you've got the beefier ones and stuff with like the high zocks and stuff so it's neat to see like how those mechanical designs evolve they just didn't dwell on in this but like you can fill in the gaps yeah um they're kind of they're kind of virgo-y yeah, yeah, but yeah, they're yeah. like refined to be like they don't have any of the cool like shield shit going on, but just gun dudes. <laughs> yeah, they actually. Yeah, I actually forgot about the Virgo. They are like kind of just the the definite next step in that. So yeah, that 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 like fills in that uh, evolutionary tree even better. <laughs> but that like the introduction to them is I. Uh, like your big like uh i guess like tropey like warfing moment where you're like oh no like we have to show somebody like get like taken out just to show how powerful this enemy is is on the in the assault duo gets pinned down by a mysterious toro uh, like suit that uh yeah, not a taurus uh, a serpent that like cuts off his path and in maybe the best line in the movie uh says i recognize this fighting style <laughs> It, that's got to be Troa piloting it, but it, and the fighting style is just standing there shooting a gun. <laughs> right, the the, he, the heavy arms pose with the double Gatling gun, like arm forward, just like da, 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 da. it was just like wow, that's a really great fighting style. <laughs> like, how did you pick that one out? <laughs> yeah, um, completely <laughs> insane. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's so stupid. Oh my god. Uh, yeah, um, on the, I guess on the other side of things, so Troa, in in classic Troa fashion, has joined with the enemy to to infiltrate, you know, and and get get a read on what's going on with this new this new faction, um, and then he gets picked yeah, out of a lineup. I forgot he he did he did exactly that in the show. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, he gets picked out of a lineup. They're like, hey Troa, we know, we see you, you traitor. And then it turns out that Wu Fei was onto him the whole time, um, and I, I guess Wu Fei. And then so Wu Fei and Troa turn out to be in on it. You know, they're like they're not really bad guys, but no, actually, sorry, just yeah, Wu Fei's kind Wufei, of like a true believer. Wu Fei is in. Yeah, he's like he's invested. Uh, Troa is using this this alliance to uh, help out Duo and, and Hero by the end. Um, to take it yeah. to take, take out the the planet the sorry the not the planet drop the colony drop uh, option from uh, the Bartons, um, and yeah, Wu Fei is in on it, and I I could not tell you why he's in on it to be honest. Uh, <laughs> it's really just because he misses fighting. The year of peace has been really tough for him, and in a better written character. I feel like that could have been a like convincing argument, right. but for somebody who like bounced around ideals and like maybe the, like the weakest written character in the, the arguably a pretty weakly written show, um, Wu Fei just comes out as like a totally left field moment where you're like, wait a second, he his whole thing was 
like he was really only wrapped up in the initial conflict because he of like his like being dishonored by in his mind by trays um and i feel like we got a pretty good payoff to that in the show with, with their like final duel and stuff and like trays is like cool moment in speech where he talks about like you know the responsibility he takes for all the, the soldiers he's lost and stuff which is really cool um and then wufei spends the rest of his time i guess being lost and not having a purpose so he just wants to keep fighting and like hero calls him out on that in their duel but it gets kind of like overshadowed really quickly i feel like there's no real satisfying conclusion to like wufei's arc in this yeah I mean, and by like the something by the final fight, he like disappears and then kind of just shows up and he's like, "Oh yeah, I'm good again." Yeah, <laughs> like he's convinced by Hero falling into the ocean. Yeah, is that that was it, right? That was. I think so. So like Hero, like sort of semi-sacrificing himself in like that weird way, like it just that they quit like kind of gloss over but i it didn't dawn on me right until like right now but we got our uh traditional like wing zero wing gundam being ruined underwater like or not traditional but like obligatory yeah that that suit is always submerged (laughs) (laughs) yeah um something something i wanted to mention that we talked about back in the day um, is that Wufei is just like, I feel like he's talking about a different show than we're seeing. Cause <laughs> that, <laughs> cause he mentions, and I feel like what, what little I could parse out from what he was saying is that, you know, like is peace worth sacrificing people? Um, and that this is a test to see if it is. Uh, and like, we haven't, I guess like the coming onslaught and he wants to know if this is what peace is, is peace still war? Um, I guess. And that war will always require people like Wufei. And so you have mm-hmm. to keep fighting. Um, I guess the, the idea is, you know, can you stop Wufei without killing him? Um, but like, you know, previously to this, like we hadn't like really talked about that concept. Like no character was like, Oh no, we're going to have to kill people. Um, Relina is presented with this conflict kind of towards the end. I feel like she she would be the one like in the show to present that concept to us. And then I feel like Wufei would like build off of it in like the other perspective. Uh, but it's not really like played up that way. Uh, so it just kind of, I don't know, like timing wise is, is really bizarre. Uh, and, th- and then it turns out later that Relina is like, you know what, you gotta, you gotta fucking fight for what you want. Just like in the show, which is like, you know what? Fuck it. It's way too hard to not kill people. Let's just kill people. Uh, and... <laughs> I don't think that's that's quite what <laughs> she was getting at. But I like that's a great that's a great point to make. Of like you know time like we haven't really talked a lot about Relina yet. We talked a lot about her in the in the first forty nine episodes. But of all the characters, I feel like she actually maybe comes out the best in Endless Waltz. She's she's fairly minor in it. She doesn't do a whole lot. Um, you know, she she shows up in the beginning. We get introduced like what her position is now. Uh, she spends the rest of the show kind of being a prisoner of the Barton Foundation as 
just like in the main show being used as like a figurehead a prop so that to win the people's hearts to their cause but by the end when she makes a stand and like risks her safety to get a statement out to the people um you're right that it's kind of what she did in the main show like learning that like hey you have to you can't just sit there and like let people bully you or like walk all over you you have to stand up for yourself it it comes off pretty well here i think like she she's the least like character assassinated <laughs> in endless waltz yeah. of all the main characters <laughs> so yeah it was nice to see, to see like rolina like acting like using her position i guess in like a really positive way and like in a smart way i guess or yeah yeah. yeah, I was kind of making a joke. They don't, they don't kill people. Like, actually, as a result of this, they're just like, we have to fight for things. And in doing that, uh, like, the Gundam pilots recognize this and, and do their best to not kill any um, serpent pilots when they, when they do come to, like, the final battle at the end. And uh, I think generally, like, no one dies. Um, even with uh, the uprising on Earth where they're like, no, stop doing this i don't understand this why anyone stops the the earth people are like lined up in front of the serpent saying like stop stop your shit and the serpent pilots are like okay <laughs> i guess i'll stop like <laughs> i don't know why if they're like taking over the earth <laughs> they're gonna drop a fucking colony on it so. <laughs> yeah it's it's a little it's a little crazy because like on one hand i can totally see it being like in and again in like a more modern written version of this or something you have the the barton foundation soldiers being true believers in this cause thinking that they should be in charge like that Trey, you know they're refulfilling Trey's ideal or even if it's misunderstood etc etc uh finally being confronted with a populace that actually doesn't want them like if they're raised and trained to think that like they're doing the right thing this is for their the populace is good and then the people being like Hey, you're you're screwing everything up. That's like an interesting dynamic for the the soldiers to like be conflicted with or like confronted with, and then realize like, hey, we don't want to hurt the people. They're supposed to appreciate us. They're supposed to like us. Mm-hmm. But then, when you put it up next to your original plan was a colony drop, like it it totally falls apart. Yeah, I like. Yeah, like that can't be what it is because they were going to be perfectly okay with dropping a colony. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's, it's, and like, I don't know, I guess maybe you say like at that point they weren't getting orders from the Barton. Uh, so maybe they're just like, oh, what do we do with this? This is a new situation. And that the, the heart of these people has, uh, you know, caused them to, to reconsider <laughs> their plan. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Uh, we never get an answer. <laughs> yeah. And we, we sort of get it with like the very end. Um, just like fast forwarding a little bit. The uh, the end of like the conflict oh. doesn't actually come because of the Gundam boys. Like they succeed in like stalling the serpents and, you know, like uh, I guess preventing the Barton Foundation from like making any drastic moves on the rest of the earth. But uh, the entire like conflict is resolved within the bunker by what appears to be uh, was it La- I guess Lady Un drew her gun um, on Dacum, but it's revealed when when you hear a gunshot ring out, it's actually a, a Dacum 
or a, I keep saying Dakin Foundation, a Barton Foundation uh, soldier that kills Dakin Barton after he shot Mari Maya yeah. trying to shoot Relina. It, it's a whole thing, yeah. but and having it having it be a Barton Foundation soldier that executes their leader and with a, a a pretty cool delivery of a line where he says, "I've executed the traitor Dakin Barton," you know, and then you know uh, gives Trey's a shout out. Um, yes. What do they call him? Supreme Leader? Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. But it, 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 um, it plays into that whole thing that we were saying before where like, it makes sense if these people thought they were doing the right thing and then realizing that like the people don't want them, that they're not doing the right thing. Uh, that would have made it that a nice little end cap moment. Instead, it again, just kind of is like, oh, well we had to end this some way. (laughs) Right. Yeah, I guess everyone just comes around to the same idea at the same time, kind of thing, and and we're and we're good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mario Maya gets shot. We, yeah, we skipped accident. over a couple of things <laughs> um, during during the whole conflict. Once they've moved back to Earth, um, they have Relina in a bunker. Uh, it is, I guess, the HQ of the you know the United Earth, not United Earth Federation. What is it? The Earth Sphere United, United Earth Nation. Nation. Earth Sphere United Nation. Um, they've got they hole up in there, and then that whole building goes underground, Evangelion style, which was pretty cool. <laughs> uh, and then uh, Hero's big moment after a cool looking but ultimately pointless duel with Wufei in the between the Wing Zero and the Nataku. Mm-hmm. Um, Hero shows up and uses his beam rifles to. Uh, shake Marimea's faith literally by shooting at this underground bunker uh, where she thinks she's safe and then is finally confronted with like the horror of war when she's actually under attack herself. Um, Relina grabs a microphone, gets a message out to the people, and then Dakin Barton pulls a gun on Relina, tries to shoot her. Marimea jumps in front, takes a bullet, uh, after this is actually after she was slapped by Relina to like get a grip and like realize that she's doing the wrong thing. Uh, it's, that's the a very nice scene. It's well done. Um, yeah. Typical Gundam slaps make people come to their senses and learn <laughs> learn the moral of the story. Right. Uh, but yeah, and then that whole conflict with like Dakem getting executed happens, but the one character that we continue talking around and skipping over in all of this <laughs> is to me, the most surprising uh, reappearance in the show. Uh, when Relina gets the people riled up to start taking action, who shows up Chuck? Fucking <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Dorothy Catalonia. Just like, <laughs> Hey guys, I heard you were fighting people. Like she's, it's, she's insane. Um, but yeah, she shows up and just she negs an entire crowd into starting a rebellion, and it yeah. is wonderful. <laughs> it's just like, what are you gonna do about it? Just stand there <laughs> like a bunch of fools, and like, no, we're soldiers. We we fought people. Is like, oh yeah, prove it. <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah, she gets her fucking party bus going. I fucking <laughs> love. She has a golden bus that shows up. I thought she would just have a, a whole army of golden buses, but only one. It's hers. Um, and and then the golden bus was ridiculous. Yeah. But I was thinking about it after we stopped watching it. What would have made Endless Waltz the pinnacle of anime? Because this scene was already pretty good. Just 
Dorothy showing up out of nowhere, negging an entire crowd. When she decides, she's like, well, I guess I'll take you to the conflict. (laughs) If instead of a golden bus showing up, her long ass pink Barbie car from this main series show up and everybody, that would have been incredible. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. That's a, that's a missed opportunity, I feel like. <laughs> but dear God, uh, what a yeah, what a ridiculous way to put her into the show. Um, just because, like, yeah, people are fighting for their ideals. Who better <laughs> to, to serve that up uh, than than Dorothy herself? So. <laughs> um, Dorothy's also the only character that seemed like she aged at all. Like, it, I think it was just the trench coat, maybe... you know possibly yeah like they just <laughs> gave her a little bit more of like a refined old like mature look but yeah it's i don't know she looked taller and everything yeah but the only other surprise appearance that we haven't talked about was a mysterious new character who would that be i actually didn't know what you're talking about oh preventer wind oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> preventer wind Fucking, uh, oh my god! <laughs> the namesake of our show is in the movie. He is Zex Marquis, Billiardo Peacecraft. He shows up pretty early on, after the preventers are introduced, basically replying to a uh, like job posting. <laughs> yeah. He show he shows up in Lady Un's office and he's like, "I heard you're looking for more people. Maybe I could lend my services." I need a code name. Can I suggest wind? <laughs> What's his reason for suggesting wind? The one because wind puts out fires. Boy, <laughs> <laughs> Zex, I know you spent some time being exposed to the vacuum of space after the end of the series. Yeah, you may have a little bit of brain damage, but come on. Also, vacuum of space puts out fires. To me, to be honest, you know, I feel like that does a much better job putting out a fire than wind. You know, the provider of oxygen, which only makes fires worse. <laughs> His heart's in the right place, like usual. You know, <laughs> this dumb, beautiful yeah. boy. <laughs> Big fucking idiot. Um, <laughs> he's got a fancy new tall geese. He does, and it's pretty slick. It's pretty slick. Uh, and he goes up to stop Dacum himself, the lightning count. The, the wind count. The, the I think you had it right the first time, the lightning count. Yeah. Well, yeah. You know, I forgot about that Nick. That Nick yeah, yeah. No, I know I'm right about that. I didn't say I was wrong about that. I'm saying, you know, the wind count is. Uh, oh, I got gotcha. you. Yeah. I was wrong about you. Gotcha. <laughs> I know I'm right. Um. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> He's got, man. Uh, his outfit is the best outfit. Un, uh, not un. No one gets it later. She doesn't have it right now. She's got the 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 preventer, the pre- protector outfit, whatever that is. But he's got these great bubble shoulder pads that I just wish they were in the whole show. He looks like a space pirate. He's I I, I don't know who sourced this, but they did a great job. Yeah, yeah, it's it's very like functional over style, but still really stylish, right. and not really quite sure what function it provides. But it like 
has that look of like clearly somebody has a notebook full of like character concept art and it's like this is the oxygen tank connected to this and this is the life support pad oh yeah it's got all sorts of tubes on the front yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) but it does it winds up looking pretty cool even if it is like 1998 anime as hell yeah but like i i like it it's a pretty cool outfit and he does as much as we dunk on him for his dumb code name he he does a lot of cool stuff in the movie he gets he, he takes on uh mo2 uh on his own he's got like a huge cool hyper beam cannon thing on his tall geese he's got the epi on whip on it him and uh un are really the first responders to fighting the whole serpent army before the gundam boys get their gundams back and do a great job yeah they uh, uh they're they're trying to tell the gundam boys to like leave the fight they've overextended themselves way after they've already been fighting for like an hour or more of like their own yeah. time so um he 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 does try to stop the the colony himself but gets kind of like outplayed because Dakem's like I'll just drop this fucking colony on the earth do you want me to just do that cuz I have like if if I die so you know they'll they'll just send the word kind of thing um yeah. so he's like all right I'll back off and then so then the force to fight get tired yeah, forced to fight on earth instead and and yeah the the scene that you were referring to bunch of fighting Everyone gets their Gundams back. They start all fighting together. And then Hiro and Rufei jump in. Uh, you know, last minute, everyone's out of ammo. You know, saviors, because they were fighting each other. Now they're fighting, you know, now they're back. Yada, yada. Everyone wins. Peace restored. <laughs> um, that's it. <laughs> you know, I, it really I, really, I really thought we were just going to do like a very brief, like, overview of everything and here we are now like well something like an hour later (laughs) (laughs) yeah it was it's not quite a deep dive but like yeah we wound up just kind of more more traditional recapping it than i thought i thought we'd spend a little less time (laughs) but what what's your of the redesigns because really that this kind of in in my opinion i don't i can't speak for the writers or anything but it kind of reads to me as like, hey, Gundam Wing was successful. Let's make more of it. But we got to also sell model kits. <laughs> For sure. Because none of none of the stuff that's wrapped up in Endless Waltz was like dealing with really any plot, like open plots or like, you know, loose threads, loose ends to be tied up. Yeah. It was just. I, I felt like a strongest little, point. Adventure. Sorry. Um, yeah, yeah. More or less, I feel like the strongest thing that was happening uh, was was the like revisionist history kind of of Operation Meteor. Um, not not quite revision, like maybe a little bit. I'm sure, like if you go into the the, the details, they they fuck some things up. Uh, the deep, yeah, lore. exactly. But it was kind of cool to see, like, oh, this is why like Operation Meteor was kind of weird, and like they weren't all aligned or together or knew who each other were kind of thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of appreciated that, like, yeah, backfill on it. Um, and yeah, like, the story itself seemed, yeah, kind of unnecessary otherwise. Uh, just doing again, like, what is peace? But, you know, it's, it's, of course, like, a grab. As far as, like, redesigns, man, I kind of want to say, I kind of want to say the Talkies. Yeah. Uh, I uh... Sa- Sandrock got a lot of love. 
I feel like they did they did pretty good on this one. But yeah, I don't know. I don't think I disagree on either of those. I, I I feel like I would also get land. It's funny because clearly the the wing zero is like the real winner in this. Not not if from like my like favorite selection or but anything. This is but the wing zero. Yeah, it's probably like the first thing that people think of when they think of Gundam Wing. Yeah, it's also it's definitely like got to be the thing people think of when they think of Gundam in the West. It's like the Gundam design, uh, but it's not my favorite from from the of all the like the five six if you count the the Toggies redesigns. Yeah. Um, the Death Scythe Hell was growing up the sickest shit in the world. It's got bat wings yeah. and like fucking spike boots i don't like it that much anymore <laughs> like it's it, it's not like oh it's not like when you look back on like teen stuff and you're like oh god i was such an edgelord like it's just kind of goofy looking compared to all the others mm-hmm. um the the heavy arms i feel like makes it out the worst because it's just a green heavy arms with a clown mask now and does he have a clown mask like, is that right oh you know what that might be my brain correcting stuff. I know in some of the model kits they sell it with a clown, half a clown mask. I don't Whoa. know if it actually shows up in the show. That would have been awesome. Yeah, I think my brain might have been like he just photoshopping that in. If it's not, in I think there. he just gets more guns. But the, <laughs> yeah, he has a lot more guns. Which I guess if that's your thing, if if you like the heavy arms and you like guns, like you, you just get more of it. But the. It is a tough call for me between the Sandrock and the Tall Geese because the Tall Geese 3 is sick as hell. But it's also like in this weird position where like we're supposed to just kind of think the the other Gundams always looked like this. Whereas like the Tall Geese is clearly a new suit because it's got like the color palette of the Tall Geese 2, but it's got the weapons of the Epion and like other like it's got like the mercurius v8 big cannon thing. right so like it's it's not replacing trey's toggies too yeah it's a new thing whereas the other ones are just kind of like retcons so it's interesting like it's a redesign and not a redesign yeah. so like i think that's why i'd have to pick Sandrock as like the winner of the redesign contest because it's just a clearly better design while still keeping most of the original look it's a better color palette. Like it's it's less like chunky. It, it's like got a cool cloak that it kind of had in the in the other show. But like everything about it just makes a lot more sense. Yeah. Like while the all the other ones are sort of glow ups that like just for the glow ups sake, this is like also fitting. Like this is what it should have always been. It, it's a, just a clearly objectively better. Yeah, design. Sandrak was always getting <laughs> getting a kind of like short shortchanged on the uh the redesigns in the show the one the one swap that they make during the show sandrock basically gets skipped over <laughs> so yeah oh what's it it just gets like oh it can go in space now yeah it, yeah, <laughs> it gets nothing i'm looking at pictures and... now fucking so altron the new altron is pretty cool utaku yeah and i i was joking with objective because the like i mean it is it is in you know in our opinion it's subjectively a better design but uh even like i i immediately cancel my joke because i remember seeing somebody built a model of the sandrock custom from this but they painted it like the sandrock's original colors and that actually looks really cool so like the, the whole black and white color palette on the new kit 
like the new look yeah yeah winds up like fusing yeah. both of them actually winds up being really awesome but yeah wait yeah that's just the sandra kai oh wait but it's kind of like blue it's a little different yeah 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 anyway sorry <laughs> to not, not go too far into mm. that but yeah I, I think i think i would go uh, yeah either either of those two I mean, the Talkies has always kind of benefited from being, like, so, like, plain. Not actually, but, like, it's not really, like, going for it as far as designs. It's very, like, practical, sort of. Um, yeah. Built by human hands instead of these, like, mythical uh, Gundams. <laughs> hmm. I mean, it, it just, it, it's, it's always going to have the whole, like, precursor to all the Gundams thing going for mm. it. And I feel like each time they just nail it yeah. with like really driving home, like that this is just a like workhorse of a mobile yeah. suit. Yeah, it's great. Um, definitely. The, the serpents are pretty cool. I think I like, I like the Virgos a little better as far as like ultimate machines like if you're gonna make an army of a cool thing the virgos were really mm -hmm. nice um no uh no aries going on here it's real i'm real sorry oversight i feel like you know uh flying seems good so <laughs> <laughs> uh what good is flying if everyone can fly i guess is the problem uh serpents are cool yeah they're like big chunky dudes um not as a uh, lean mean green leos chase is fine yeah seeing the leo the big leo battle in the beginning like with the space leos and the the ground leos on the base and stuff like i kind of forgot how much i like the leo i know we talked about it a lot during the main like the main show but like the leo is a very good i feel like yeah it's one of the best you know again it's just toggies but um it it, it comes out of the a series that gets dunked on a lot. I feel like the Leo can shrug off a lot of the criticism. Yeah. <laughs> like it, it's a, it's a good design. I, I appreciate how like dopey the Leos are and that they don't have a lot of like, they're very lean. They're just doing, you know, they're just a, a mobile suit. It just walks, holds a gun kind of thing. Uh, mm -hmm. Stark contrast to the Gundams, of course. So, yeah, like you know, you'll never beat a Zaku in like classic design, but like even like other grunt suits, like the like the Tiern and Tauzi from Gundam Double O, mm. that is like it's a cool design for like a mech, but it doesn't feel like it belongs in like a Gundam world. If that makes sense, like it's just like it's like a can with guns <laughs> on it, and like it's a, a very practical looking robot in that kind of sense. But there's nothing like that makes you want to go and like. I guess have one. Whereas like a Leo is like, you know, Oh, like it's got character. It's got a personality. Here. Yeah. The, uh, the TV screen face. It's very good. Yeah. <laughs> um, cool. Oh man. That was in the, in the year of us not watching Gundam wing. I think the, the most I connected with the show after, uh, stop what, like when we stopped watching it was I saw some Reddit post of, um, like it was just some some silly meme where like um it's one of those like reaction memes and it's to 
the tall geese getting its helmet taken off and like you seeing that it's just a Leo's head underneath mm-hmm. and a bunch of commenters underneath were saying that like, Oh, that's the moment that ruined the, the tall geese for me when I found out it's just a Leo. And like, I actually went out, like I like never write on Reddit. And this is one of the few times I like a take a stand, but I was like, yeah, I was like, wait a second moment that it ruined the tall geese for you. This is the moment that defines it. It makes it when you. Like, but, uh, also, it is not just a Leo. It killed a man just by like going too fast. <laughs> so exactly. <laughs> Uh, it like that that is still like maybe one of the best moments in that show is like when you see it like actually being like oh all it is is just the original suit with a that 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 helmet is just for style yeah like, of course fucking trays would do this shit yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah no it, yeah it yeah makes it the precursor says like you know they just added a bunch of like fancy jets to this thing but uh it is this like workhorse prototype mobile suit. Yeah. yeah. So like we said, kind of before we started recording, there's not really a ton to write home about with endless waltz. So I, uh, I wanted to ask less about the, the movie and more just about the experience of watching it and coming back to it. But after a year of absence of Gundam wing, did uh did anything change for you? How how was how was the experience of coming back to the show? <laughs> um it was kind of fun. Yeah. I liked I like seeing these characters again. Um I wonder what the uh what you, the time frame between the show ending and this movie coming out. So the show was 95, ended in 96 and then basically a year later the uh the OVA came out. Okay, yeah. Um yeah, so it was cool. It was yeah, it was just cool to see these characters again. Uh, the throwbacks. Yeah, you get Dorothy. I think Dorothy was the biggest. Like, oh my god, um, fucking Dorothy! Like everyone else was like, of course this person is in this show. I guess, I guess it's like a little too bad that they couldn't do something like more substantial with with the end of it. I wasn't invested in like the story too much. Uh, I, I actually honestly forgot that Marimea was Trace's daughter. Like while you were watching it? No, but like before, like I. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, like before even, like it wasn't something that I had remembered from seeing it previously years ago. Um, so that was like a, a little bit of like, oh, wow. Yeah. Um, and then it was interesting. So I know that there are the mangas that do the like, uh, pilot backgrounds. It was cool to get that like inserted into this in some like small, small, small respect. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It for me, for me, it was it was fun. I I feel like in the in the year since we stopped, like a lot has has happened. Um, like personally, you know, like we we took a break originally because like I got married, yay! And like leading oh, up to that was was hectic. <laughs> like that was that was hectic and everything. And then you know, kind of never found the time between like mar- being you know, getting married, post marriage, like you know, clean up and stuff, and then like jobs and yeah. everything. You moved and everything. That was that was yeah. crazy. Um, you know, we're doing this remote right now because of COVID, like ever not to date the the show, but like but this is when this is, is happening. Yeah, and like, you know, 
it's it was i feel like between coming back to gundam wing after so long and like talking to you again and watching a silly anime with you again with everything that is happening right now as much as i don't like the the nostalgia for gundam wing endless waltz wasn't there because i was like oh this is not as cool as i remember it being it was still special to me because it was like oh this is this is what we do yeah <laughs> yeah it it felt like coming back to old friends even though i saw this movie like a very long time ago and like it made an impression but not a lasting mm-hmm. one uh, it wasn't like oh coming back to, I wasn't coming back to the nostalgia of Gundam Wing Endless Waltz I was coming back to the nostalgia of Gundam Wing the podcast we do <laughs> <laughs> yeah and we even like you know that we were able to broadcast what we watched it together um, you myself our friends have been like trying to like do like been doing a lot of uh, hangout online kind of things so yeah. It was cool to have like the live live chat talk while we were just like watching this very dumb show. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> yeah, that that is that is a very good point. We uh, we meant to come back to it a long time ago. I feel like we just yeah we just never were able to, and it was, it was cool to, to do this again to get back into the the podcasting spirit, swing of things. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I I think it's it's funny. It's gonna like Gundam Wing was special to me in the sense of like oh it was like kind of my first exposure to Gundam which is now a huge part of my life um and like you know the the place Endless Waltz always held was just like oh like the original thing I saw and like some of the toys and stuff my first Gundam toys were Endless Waltz action figures but now it's kind of like replaced itself with like I'm not gonna forget watching Endless Waltz with you over discord streaming (laughs) because of the state of the world right now like yeah it's funny of of all the as as much as i love gundam and as much of a huge part of my life as it is it seems like it's always going to be some sort of gundam wing thing and endless waltz specifically i guess (laughs) that is going to be the lasting one so like i wonder in a you know in a few years like what am i going to think about endless waltz am i going to rewatch it and like change my opinion again like it's going to be it's neat like for uh for something that i know some of our friends have very strong opinions on <laughs> this is uh it wasn't as like offensive to like my uh sensibilities <laughs> or like uh tastes as i thought it would have been right. um i know zach zach had some pretty strong reactions to it he he was not a fan <laughs> of rewatching it <laughs> uh sorry sam lee uh your boy wufei still kind of an asshole <laughs> um yeah man uh but it did uh it did uh maybe it's be me being you know stuck indoors and stir crazy and just looking at online shopping stuff but uh rewatching it did make me kind of want to go and uh pick up some more kits (laughs) i have a leo kit that i i have been resisting pulling the trigger on a Talgis 3 kit now so (laughs) yeah that's a good one get the the sandrock kai it's the other one the other cool one yeah the recolor um yeah so so dan we have another one of these that we want to do yes um it may take another year to get that set up (laughs) 
Uh, I got some thoughts on this one, actually. Do you? I have an idea. I have an idea. Okay. Well, stay tuned, listener, if you're still there. <laughs> um, we'll get we'll get somebody to watch to listen to this, right? Oh yeah. At yeah, least somebody at least, will. At least one person. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um cool. Do we? Do you have any? Do you have any closing thoughts? Are we doing closing thoughts? I don't know. We could do closing thoughts. I don't have any plugs or anything. Um, but I, um, I guess, closing thoughts on the on the movie. It's fun. It's an hour and a half. You got nothing better to do. Throw it in. Like you know, if you like Gundam, you're gonna you're gonna watch something pretty if you watch yeah. it. The animation holds up. It, it is. Yeah. Uh, uh, it. I don't know if it looks better than some of the best looking episodes of the show, mm. but cause like there were a couple that really stood out. I remember from when we did the original podcast, but um, for a, for an OVA where not a whole lot happens, you will get treated to some, some brief segments of like some pretty cool scenes, um, which, which were fun. Yeah. They, they went in on uh, the, uh, but, the Gundam fights, the Gundam animations. Uh, you get some 3d asteroid action. Yeah. Oh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> just have one 3d model on this fucking asteroid uh, i don't know why you blow it on that it was so expensive yeah yeah but they did <laughs> yeah i think overall i would i know we talked about it all the time but like if there was a compilation movie of the actual show i feel like i would have rather watched that than this because mm. like ultimately it doesn't really add anything new or teach us anything uh but it's not it's not bad it's it's better than a lot of the episodes of the show that were not great. <laughs> uh, it is not better than the best episodes of the show. So it's just, I think, you know, it just kind of exists and is fine. Yeah. Um, closing thoughts for uh, everything else going on. Um, I guess it was fun getting back into, into this. Definitely. I do miss, uh, you know, it, it is easy to think you don't miss something at the further away you get from it because, you know, being busy and everything else going on, it's like, oh, podcasting, you know, that's, I've got to take two hours out of my evening to, right? to record a thing about a show we don't How like. Stupid. But like, I had that, no, I, I had that same I did miss <laughs> doing this with you. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's so funny. Yeah. Like that we just like agreed to carve out this, like, it is a, an insane commitment as far as like time, not insane, but like, it is hard to put this time aside to just do one thing that is not your like usual uh, night. Let's say a lot of times we were doing this after work. Um, we are doing that now. And then, so since when, once we stopped, you're like, you get over it and you're like, okay, well like the, the momentum's not there anymore. It's like, okay, well we'll go, we'll go yeah. back to it. And it's like, well, I don't know. Like I, I would like this night or this night. And then, yeah, all, all sorts of things come up. There's all sorts of like reasons why we never went back to it sooner, even though I think we both wanted to, but uh, I'm glad, I'm glad we did. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, it's, it is crazy. Cause it's, oh well, yeah. Like you said, it's not, it's not in, like actually insane or anything, but like, it's something that neither of us are like, no, we didn't want, you know, we're not in this to, 
like join a podcasting network or like make it big as a podcast. And right. like, we're not the biggest Gundam Wing fans we've even had on the show. Right. You know, <laughs> like, um, it's just something that we weirdly decided to do kind of got bullied into, but like, I'm super glad we did. And I'm super glad that we've come back to yeah. it. So I hope, uh, yeah, I hope that you're still out there and listening and uh, we'll try to make the next one come sooner yeah. than and, later. You know, for anyone that is listening, like I, I think we, we said all of our thank yous in you know the end of episode 49, but uh, you know, it's, it's cool that if, if anyone like derives any joy out of like talking about this, this dumb shit um, that, that I get to like, you know, help with that is kind of cool too. I, I, I'm not, yeah, we're not trying to join a, join a podcast network, but uh it's kind of fun to just like groan about things with people. So, yeah. And I honestly, I don't know. I don't remember how, how much we did thank yous in the last one. I, I think we kind of didn't do a ton. We didn't really dwell on it because we thought we were going to get back to it sooner than yeah. we did. <laughs> I do but remember like, that. <laughs> obviously, thank you to, thank you to everybody that was on the show. You know, our, our friends, like, you know, that we actually see all the time, you know, Zach and Alec for like guesting, uh, you know, Virginia and Anna for being on that. That was fun. Um, John, Allison, but then, you know, the, the, I'll say the, the, the more regular guests we had, you know, John, Allison and Jim, like we, I don't know if we could have kept with this without them, like being some of like the behind the scenes driving forces of it. And like, kind of knowing these people who like it way more than us and are way more knowledgeable than us, at least for me was like, a, a big driving force for like trying to at least do right by the show. <laughs> uh, I, I think back a lot to like the original, ep- you know, the first episode we did where we laid out like, Oh, Hey, here's all these weird, silly things like, you know, old fan pages or like this hate list of uh, reasons not to like Gundam wing that we'll come back to these. We'll revisit it. Cause I really thought we'd spend more of this show dunking on it or like being like an anti Gundam wing podcast. And if it wasn't for like, Jim, John, and Allison, like, I think it might have become that and would have been a worse yeah. show. So, like, I really appreciate, like, everything, like, their passion, like, kind of leaking into us to, uh, <laughs> to, like, push me, at least push me to try to do better. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's okay to, it's okay to like things and also think that things are stupid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like, the best, the best parody work you've ever seen is, like, you clearly, you, you know, it's done by people that clearly love and understand the source yeah. material. Um, I also kind of want to throw it since I, I mentioned that that Leo that uh, that that I have that was actually gifted to me by I, I'm sorry I don't know your actual name but Jeff Edge on on Twitter if you happen to listen to this thank you again I, I know I said a thank you like a million times but he had like an extra one and he sent it to us which was cool so that's wild that's fucking yeah. cool yeah um, I do need to do the I'll, I'll let, yeah I can't believe that we like that actually happened to us you know like we we, we got fan gifts. <laughs> Um, I do want to do the thing where I paint it like uh, uh, Zex with like red. That would red be, and white. yeah, that would be cool. So, so. I, mean, I would like to do that. I'll, I'll, I'll do. I, I keep meaning to do it, and just like this show, uh, I need to get over my uh, momentum on it. <laughs> um, uh, one, one other, I guess, like shout out. Um, I am super bad. Even while the show was actively running, I was super bad at responding to things on Twitter or like answering emails. But uh, anybody that did listen to the show or did write in, if I eventually got back to you or if I wound up never getting back to you, like I appreciated everything that you sent through. And it's awesome that you even listened to this in the first place. So like, thanks for thanks for being there and doing that. 
and I hope that everything right now in this crazy world we have going on uh, as we've come back to this, that I hope you're all doing all right and everything's good for you. So like, we'll all get through it. Everybody hang in there. Yeah. More than anything. Be safe. Be well. Wash, Wash your, hands. your fucking hands. <laughs> cool. All right, Dan. Yeah. I'll see you soon. Yeah. Good job, Good job. buddy. <laughs>